Isn't he good? Isn't he so good? Do you feel his presence tonight? Tell you what, his presence is strong tonight. There's just a sweet presence. It's it's holy. It's it's reverent. You agree with that, Pastor Phil? Man, he's good. As you're able, you may be seated tonight. And I want to, Danny's got to go over to the youth building because they're doing a little worship night tonight. And uh, Danny will be back. So we we, we say that by faith. It's 7.32, Danny. Love you. Thank you, worship team. And uh, I, I would like to, uh, at the end tonight, I want to give some scripture. Uh, as we were in pre-service prayer, and Natalie was praying, I heard the word refreshing. Uh, and I believe that's what uh, you're going to... Sense in your spirit tonight, but also in your bodies as the word, as we're, uh, the word's going forth tonight. I, I, I feel like some people came in physically tired. And when you're physically tired, you, uh, you can, that can speak to you. And so, so you can not have ears to hear because of that. So I would encourage you to, by faith, uh, pull on this tonight, on what God would say to us. Because, And then at the end, I would like to uh, lay hands on everybody that will. Those of you that don't know me, I, I don't have a title. I've never been into titles. I've, uh, I've just always <laughs> just tried to walk humbly with God. And do what he said. And one of my biggest fears, if you could say that word, is to get to heaven and Jesus say, I didn't tell you to do that or that or that or that. And why didn't you do this or that? And so that's, that's how I've tried to conduct my life. You know, we all make mistakes and all that. Uh, my mom growing up would say to me, you know, as I excelled at sports and some things, she would remind me that only what's done for Christ will last. And she said it all the time. Only what's done for Christ will last. That's one of the biggest lessons I learned from her. She was a praying mother. She uh, prayed me out of a couple situations and warned me about a couple situations. And, um, You know, I'm looking forward to the day where I see her again. And another thing that she taught me was to be Christian, especially when I was dealing with my sister. (laughs) And so I'd start speaking mean to my sister. Oh, no, not you. You wouldn't be mean to your sister. Oh, yeah. I tortured her. I tortured her. 
Especially when she started trying to take the front seat because I had the front seat and she sat in the back. And then she went to mom and said, you know, why don't I get a turn to sit in the front seat? And so then there came a rule where we each had to take a week and it was my week to sit in the front seat. And then it was her week to sit in the front seat. And I didn't like that. And it, and the same thing worked with the one TV is we had to take turns watching TV and there are just shows and movies that boys don't like as much as girls. Hello. Thank you for the two amens. And so, you know, I like to watch, uh, what well, one of my favorite movies growing up was karate kid. And I could, I could, I watched that movie front and back, but one of her favorite movies was sound of music. And there was nothing else to do. You could go outside and play by yourself or you could watch sound of music with your sister. So the hills are alive. The sound of music. <laughs> I know too well. So anyway, I said all that to say, you know, mom really tried to, to keep us focused on Jesus and, and uh, our eternal rewards. And a number of years ago, I had a, a vision into heaven. And without going into the details of that, I said, Lord, what is this? What are you showing me? And he said to me that my people need to be more heaven-minded. And not only, not only looking to go to heaven, uh, but also bringing heaven to earth. And Jesus said, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So he wouldn't have prayed that prayer as the son of man had there not been the possibility for us to believe and pray, pray in those same things. And I think that some of us will be um, surprised, shocked, maybe even disappointed when we get to heaven and see what we could have had and brought out of heaven to earth that could have manifested in the earth had we not given up, had we not, you know, had we only just believed and don't done what the word said. So. I want to begin tonight in Exodus chapter 33. I've got a bunch of scriptures. We'll see how far we get until Danny gets back. (laughs) Father, I thank you now that your word goes forth and accomplishes what you will. May there be joy and laughter in this place tonight. And peace. Lord, and may your anointing destroy yokes and remove burdens. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Are you in Exodus 33 verse? It's Moses talking to God. Verse 13. Now, therefore, I pray. If I found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you 
and that I may find grace in your sight and consider that the nation is your people. And he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And then Moses said, if your presence does not go with us, then don't bring us up from here. I like that. In fact, when we, uh, when we moved down from Michigan, that's what I said to the Lord. If you, if you're not going with us, don't send us there. And we have been in ministry over 20 years. We, uh, were associate pastors at a church in Min- in uh, Michigan. And, uh, we were full time, uh, in our time, we committed our time to the church, but also ran a business. But I, but I said, Lord, you, you will supply in my business as I sow myself into the church. And so, uh, in 2002, uh, Nikki's dad, our pastor, sent us out to uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma to go to a youth leaders convention. And so we're going to start a youth group. And so when I got there, uh, <clears throat> people were networking and things. And I don't like that. Uh, I just, you know, I just have always believed the scripture that a man's gift will make room for him. God will make a way. You know, but also know that there is, there are divine connections. So there's a balance there. But when, I don't want to get off on this, but so anyway, I, 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 I was shaking hands. Hey, I'm Eric. Hi, I'm so-and-so. How many do you have in your youth group? They would ask me. Zero. We were sent out here to start a youth group. Like I didn't know that that's what people you know, I didn't know that was like ministry. Like I was in the business world. So this was my first shot at ministry. And I'm thinking, well, this is kind of like the business world, you know, where people are like, well, you know, I was rookie of the year. My first year in this company, they promoted me to a manager. Uh, I was district manager. I was over Alabama, Georgia, and South Carolina. I eventually went to a regional manager. I was over the whole Southeast. I had 40 sales reps uh, in my region. I had three district managers that I managed, and we managed a $5 million sales budget. Now, that to me, if you're going to start talking about numbers, let's, then let's compare W-2s. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's where I was with that. Like, I didn't like that. Like, that's going to be your first question to me. So anyway, we start the youth group and uh, over the years, we, we tried to do our best to, you know, you have fun with youth, you, you disciple them, you uh, try to prepare them to move into the sanctuary where they're not hearing stuff for the first time. And uh, so it's not all uh, fun and games, but you do, they do have a shorter attention span uh, than most of you. <laughs> Sometimes. So anyway, uh, I did, we did that. Nikki, Nikki helped with the, the uh, administration part. Uh, I led worship for 16 years. Uh, we went into the prison and uh, for 16 years. Uh, and we held services out there. And I would lead worship out there and sometimes preach. And sometimes we had three prison services on a Sunday. So we would have a, a, 
an 8.30, a 9.30, go to the church, have our church service, and, um, and then an afternoon prison. So when Nikki's dad was gone overseas, sometimes I'd preach four times on a Sunday. And then we started a church uh, in Ohio. So, so we drive an hour down there, take our worship team down there, sing, preach down there. Uh, we started a, a Bible study in the public school. And we, the kids could opt to take their lunch and come down to our class. And that grew. And the Baptist guy turned it over to us, which was a miracle. Uh, because they were, their church was really talking bad about our church because we prayed in tongues. And apparently they, they thought that was of the devil. So, um, so he turned it over to me, even with all that. And so that grew... And so we were getting uh, in the fifth and sixth grade, sometimes a hundred kids in there. So I had to go buy this little speaker with a microphone so I could talk over these kids. Kids were getting saved. Kids were getting healed. Uh, kids were getting delivered of, of you know, uh, bad dreams. And so I would just tell them, you need to see to go. If you, if you see something in your closet, you say the name of Jesus to it. And then, you know, we did, we, that was just one. And we did a junior high. We did a high school. I'm just telling you all this because somebody needs to hear it. Uh, because a lot of times people don't know where people come from. They don't know the experience or the background that they've had. So I'm not up here bragging. I'm just, I've just never done this before. So I'm just letting you know some of the background that, that we have. Because when we came to this church, people were like, why do they get to minister? I don't understand. Like, we've been here. I don't know. I mean... Like, I'm sorry. I mean, I like call God favor. God made a way. And so we dealt with some of that when we got here. And, um, and we, we, know, we walked through that and, and all that, but, uh, but people didn't know where we came from. They, they didn't know we had, we had already graduated from two Bible schools. And then when we got here, we, we both, uh, were taking Jerry Savelle Bible school, which is a great Bible school, by the way. Um, teaches you faith and, and all that. We, we've been overseas to Ukraine and Russia. Um, number of times we held youth conferences over there. So we're not new at this. Nikki and I are not new at this. We're experienced, seasoned, not seasoned as Dr. Savell, but we're experienced, seasoned ministers. And, uh, and we've traveled around and ministered since we've been here. And of course we love the opportunity to get to minister in here. And we, we love this church. We love the people here. Uh, we, we thank God for bringing us here and our mission or goal is just to try to be a blessing to people and you know, do what God's called us to do. Amen. So that that's what, Moses was saying, if, if you don't go with me, then I don't want to go. And uh, that should be all of us. You don't want to go and do something without God in it. So he goes on to say, your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us. So we shall be separate. You, your people and I from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken for. You found grace in my sight and I know you by name. And Moses said, please show me your glory. Now, when you talk about 
revival and you talk about the glory of God, which is God's presence, his, his power, his goodness. And uh, a lot of times in the Bible, when the Bible uh, talks about fire and, and we'll, we'll look at some of that tonight. But you, you could also associate that, uh, or light. I mean, when it talks about light, you could associate that with fire. And so we're going to read a few things about God, but, but I want you to see something in verse where God says to him, I will make my goodness pass before you. I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. It will be, I will be gracious to whom I'll be gracious. I'll be compassionate to whom I'll be compassionate. But he said, you cannot see my face. For no man shall see me and live. So the magnificence of the glory of God in his face was so great. I don't even have the words to describe it, but that Moses could not look on his face or he would die. I just recently heard a minister that was on an operating table, unexpectedly went on to heaven. Jesus was showing him around heaven and, uh, and Jesus, they were at around the throne and Jesus said, don't look on the face of the father. Cause I can't send you back because once you're, once you see that in the body that you're in, I'm, I'm sending you back. Once you see that in the body you're in, then you're here for good. There's, there's some great, awesome awe to that, to the glory where this, when the glory of God shows up, I, I've been in worship services in, in, in our, in our church in Michigan, where the, it was like a cloud came. It was like heaven opened and angels were singing with us. Like there were thousands there and, and, and a cloud just hovered over the ceiling that dropped down onto the people and onto the floor and filled the place. And I've seen it. And th- this is an awesome thing from God that we want to experience. And he goes on. Uh, the, this is why. People ask, I just recently talked to somebody and he said, well, I don't, I don't know about, uh, not sure about the speaking in tongues and, and I'm not sure what to think about people falling. And, uh, well, I said to him, I said, well, you need the baptism of the Holy spirit. And I talked him through it. And, um, and so people think because they, they read acts that they need to tarry for it. So you don't need to tarry for it. We can do, we can do this right now. In fact, uh, when I was in the business world, one of the guys I worked with started getting hungrier and he was at a, a denominational church and I started sharing with him some things. And, uh, so I, we were praying one day and he heard me praying in the Holy spirit, heard me praying in tongues. He said, were you praying in tongues? Was that tongues? I was like, yeah, he goes, tell me about that. And so I explained to him the baptism of the Holy spirit and, and uh, some different scriptures and, and acts, you find them and, so he goes, well, I'm going to, I'm going to pray about this because I'd like to, I'd like to experience it. Now he was in Minnesota at the time and I was in Michigan. I said, you can experience it right now, right now, where you're at. He goes all over the phone. I go, yeah, over the phone because 
you're, you're born again. You got Jesus. And the Bible says that John the Baptist said uh, that there is one coming whose sandals I'm not worthy to strap and are loose. And he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And so when we talk about the glory of God, we have to talk about the fire of God and, and the light of God. And so all these things kind of go together. But um, anyway, we, we begin to pray. I said, say this after me. Jesus, thank you for saving me. You promised me the gift of the Holy Spirit. Baptize me now in the Holy Spirit. I'll have my heavenly language now. And then I begin to lead him in praying in the Holy Spirit. Well, I, I began to lead him into that. And then I heard him, you know, and it was like a flood. Boom. Like rivers of living water, like the Bible says. And then a gusher. And this guy's praying in the Holy Spirit over the phone. Now I stopped and I listened and he just kept, I mean, he was going, kept getting louder and louder. And then he got done. He goes, whoa, I've never felt anything like that before. What did it, what was he feeling? The presence, Lord, if you don't go with me, if your presence isn't with me, he was feeling the, the presence, the manifested presence of God came in and just, even though, even though he lives on the inside of us, he can come on us. His presence come on us. When we tangibly feel his presence, I feel him right now. And so when people fall, it's because the presence of God is being manifested. And it's not always through the laying on of hands. I've seen people fall because God just comes on them. Sometimes I stumble around because the presence of the Lord is so strong. And you learn to grow in that. The more you spend time with God in his presence. And sometimes we don't want to spend time in his presence because we don't want him to know the things that are the deep secrets of our heart. But guess what? He already knows. So that's self-deception, which is the worst kind of deception you can have. You need to be an open book to God because he already knows. And so you got to allow the fire of God to come in and to, and to what, what we prayed out in pre-service prayer this refiner's fire that comes into all these places in our life that, that, uh, that need to be refined and purified. Strongholds in our mind and thinking. Abraham, when, when, the, when, uh, when God spoke to him in Genesis 17, don't turn there, but Abraham fell on his face, fell on his face. Joshua, Collapsed when he experienced the presence of God. Ezekiel collapsed when the glory of the Lord appeared to him. Daniel collapsed on the ground when he encountered the glory of God. Matthew 17 records the glory of God was manifested to Peter, James, and John. And all three of these men collapsed on the ground. Acts 9 and Acts 26 reveal that Paul collapsed to the earth when he saw Christ on the road to Damascus. And and then John, who wrote at Revelation, he said in Revelation 1.17, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. 
What was that? He was in the presence of God. We want to experience more and more and more of his presence. And as we get closer and closer to the return of Jesus, his presence will get stronger and stronger and stronger. And as, as, as we're experiencing his glory in our life and his, his fire in our life, that's, that's burning things up. There are, there's a jewel crystal that when it's tested shows the most uh, imperfections. So when you have a pure crystal, it's pure. And that's what God wants to do in all of our lives. Here in a sinful world. Where His glory is seen on us like it says in Isaiah 60. The glory of the Lord will rise upon you. It will be seen on you. It would be seen on your countenance. When Moses came off that mountain, he had to do what? He had to cover his face. Why? Because he had been in the presence. He had been in the presence of God. So his face shone from the presence of God, from his glory. When you spend time in his presence, you can't help for the glory to get on you. That's what he does. And that's what we do. So go over to Psalm 97. I want to show you another thing about our, our heavenly father. Psalm 97 verse one, the Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Let the multitude of isles be glad. Clouds and darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Verse three. A fire goes before him and burns up his enemies round about. Say, that's my God. A fire goes before him and burns up his enemies round about. Talk about clearing the path. His lightnings light the world. Here it is again. The presence of God, the glory of God, the fire, the light. In him, there is no darkness. The mountains, listen to this, melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. So the fire of God is so great that it can melt a mountain. Like wax. Wipe it out. Make it mush. That's amazing. The heavens declare his righteousness. The people will see his glory. Go to verse 3 in the, uh, in the Passion. Verse 3 in the Passion if you can. All around him burns a blazing glory fire. Consuming all his foes. 
So when we talk about the glory of God, we're talking about God manifesting himself in our life with Holy Spirit fire. It's not just a cliche or a title for a, you know, sermon. It's what he does. When you get around a fire, you get hot. You know, I wonder how many of us would say, we're hot for God. And then I wonder like what Jesus would say if he were taking the temperature. I believe I would just try to find out, Jesus, what you thought hot was. Because I want to be hot by his standards, don't you? Go over to 69, Psalm 69, verse uh, 9. Because zeal for your house has eaten me up and the reproaches of those who reproach me, you have fallen on me. You got that in uh, the Passion as well? My love for you has my heart on fire. Do you love him? I mean, has he done anything for you? Has he, has he made a way where there wasn't a way? Has he, has he brought anybody out? Is there anybody that's thankful for the love of God? Is there anybody that's thankful for the blood of Jesus that washes us and cleanses us? I, I, I could have been, I could have been divorced. I could have been something else. I, I could have been living an okay life, but, but there was mercy. There was grace. There was blood of Jesus that, that cleansed me. There was, there was restoration. There was redemption. I'm so thankful for that. And when the accuser of the brother tries to remind us, of, our, of what we used to be. You can remind of him of what he's going to be. He's going to be given the boot in the lake of fire and burn forever and ever. Oh, don't feel sorry for him. He's been trying to wreck you and your family's life since you were, came on the earth. But I'm so thankful. That's why we sing of the love of God. That's why we sing of his mercies. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I will sing. I will sing. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I will sing. And with my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness. And with my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness to all generations. He's faithful to his word. He's rich in mercy because of his great love for us. That's amazing to me. Who, who am I that you're mindful of me? Who 
am I that I could talk to you? That Who am I that I could come straight to the throne of grace to obtain mercy? Who is man that you're mindful of him? Satan was so upset that God had made a man that had the choice to worship him and had given him more authority in the earth. Because he wanted that power. He wanted that authority. He wanted to be God. And now here comes man. And Jesus said, all authority I give to you in heaven and earth, go therefore. He says, in my name, you'll cast out devils, you'll lay hands on the sick, you'll speak with new tongues. So Jesus gave us this authority to put the devil in his place. And some of you need to go home and put him in his place, which is out of your house. Because we let him in. We accept some things because it's entertaining. I mean, to me, there was nothing cute about the characters in Harry Potter. It's witchcraft. It's, it's devils. Sorry if that upsets somebody's fruit basket. But I'm just saying, like, what? <laughs> and I'm not picking on that. It just comes to me as an example. We could pick on other things and try to find something that hits everybody in the face, but we don't have time for that tonight. Matthew 17, let's look at this. Matthew 17, verse 2. Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, led them up on a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before him, and his face shone like the sun. Are you getting this? We're talking about his glory. We're talking about the fire of God which will transform us as believers. It will transform us. Be transformed. Transformed into what? His likeness. The glory of God will transform us into His likeness. We can be like Him. We can be like Him. We can walk in, in the authority in the earth. We can walk with him and his presence go with us everywhere we go. We can be like him. We can command things because he's given us that authority. We can call in things. We can speak life to things. We can speak death to things. We have that authority. That's our position. That's where we sit as As believers, 
And the more we're conformed to his likeness and the more we follow after Christ and become disciples. Then the more anointing that we walk in, it was in Antioch. That's where they were called Christians, little anointed ones, Christ, the anointed one and his anointing, little anointed ones doing what? Destroying the works of the enemy. Jesus was manifested to destroy the works of the enemy. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. It is not God that oppresses people. It is Satan that oppresses them. It is Satan that tries to get them, uh, you know, out of God's will, out of his plan. But I'm telling you tonight that God has a plan for your life and you can still fulfill this plan. It's not too late. Dreams and visions are still alive today. Come on. Ezekiel chapter 12 says that he will fulfill every vision. He has spoken it. He will perform it. So that means if he's given you a dream or a vision for your life, that before he comes back, he will perform it. If you will not quit, if you will not give up. That's it. That's it. Stay in faith. That's it. We can trust him. You can trust God. Yes, sir. He's not like man. He's not a betrayer. He's not a gossiper. He's not a backbiter. He's not scratching uh, on top of you to get the next promotion. To get the next title. No. He makes a way for you. He gives you favor. So when we get close to him and allow his presence and the fire of God, the refiner's fire to come in. So Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm open. You're not fooling him. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to hang on to that thing anyway. And he'll do it like that. It's not as big as the devil tries to make it. You think in your mind. You can do this. You can do it. Yes, you can. Do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Yes, you can. Yes. Acts chapter 2 will begin to close. Suddenly there came a sound of heaven as mighty rushing wind filled the whole house. You can be in your house and the presence of God can come in your house and fill your house. You just have to be willing. You just have to be available and be willing for God to come in your house and fill your house. And then appeared to them divided tongues as of... What does it say? Say it a little louder. As of fire. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Begin to speak in tongues. The Holy Spirit and fire has a great part in the body of Christ in the last days. 
the Holy Spirit, and fire. Because we're to be a glorious bride. You say, well, I don't, I don't know if I can do it. Let him do it. Why are you trying to work? He'll do it. He's drawing us now. He's drawing you. Come closer. Come closer. Come closer. I love you. I've got plans for you. Come closer. And guess what? You can take the heat. In fact, it feels good. It feels good. So what he wants to do is take some of that clutter out of your life. Because that clutter will smother your fire. Your your life's all cluttered up. You need to simplify. Take that clutter out. I don't know what that is for you. It's not your spouse. They're supposed to be helping each other. You know, lighting each other's fire. You know what I mean? Growing together in God. Acts chapter 4. Verse 8, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said. Wonder why they thought it was important to note. They could have just said, Peter said, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said. Verse 13, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. So you don't need no education. You just need the Holy Spirit and some fire. And you can turn the world upside down. You don't need a doctor in front of your name. Nobody understands them anyhow. Unless it's Dr. Doolittle, I guess. They were untrained and uneducated. But what people saw was their boldness. Why? Because they were filled with the Holy Spirit and fire. Wasn't just one time. And it says they marveled. This is a marvel and a wonder. When people can see Boldness. Yes, yes. I'm amazed over the last three years how much the body of Christ has taken it on the chin and been okay with it. Well, what are we going to do? You know, there's a great arising that's taking place. And as you get close to the Holy Spirit, you're going to have some boldness and stuff's going to come out of your mouth that you go, whoa, I don't know where that came from. Well, I know where it came from. It'll be the right words at the right time. He will fill your mouth. To do what? Change a situation. 
And they realized that they had been with Jesus. They realized they had been with Jesus. More time you spend around the fire, the hotter you'll be, the more bold you'll be. The more power you'll walk in, the more anointing you'll walk in. You want to help somebody? The preacher can't always get everybody saved, healed, delivered. But the believers, greater works will you do. We ought to be having testimonies of people that go out of here and lay hands on people and they recover. We ought to be having testimonies of people that go out of here and and people get baptized in the Holy Spirit. People get delivered of demonic uh, oppression and and strongholds and people getting healed of, of physical ailments from the devil and the sinful world that we live in. That's you. Say, that's me. They saw the boldness. In, in, Acts 20, or in verse 29, they said, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness will speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal. That signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, but they were already all filled. But it's important to note that they were filled again. And Ephesians says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. I wonder... So it's a continuous process of being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's being filled. It's being filled. It's being filled. It's being filled. It's overflowing. People will see it on you. They'll see it on you. The reason that's important to say that is because you can start recognizing it in your life, walking in it. And instead of the devil saying, you're this or that, you say, no, I'm a man of God. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of the most high God. I walk in the anointing of God. God's with me right now. When I walk into the room, the presence of God walks in with me and things change. Nikki and I were sitting at a little coffee place, having a little cup of coffee, sitting outdoors. And this guy was sitting there and uh, he was, uh, how do you describe him? You could just tell he was into things that we weren't into. Like possibly rolling doobies or, or even selling them. And he, his language on the phone, horrible, sitting three feet away from us. So she started talking to me. I said, wait just a second. 
I'm just listening, hearing. Remember, the presence of God is with us. Do I say, what do I do? And it wasn't two, three minutes where he had to get up from his table and walk around and get in his car. And he sat in his car for 15 minutes. He couldn't sit near us because we're carriers. Y'all aren't hearing what I'm saying. Like we're carriers of the presence of Almighty God. So people are going to have to come or they're going to have to go. It's their choice. Everybody has that choice. It's not my intent to walk into a restaurant and drive everybody out of the place, although it would be quieter. I remember we were, we were at a restaurant, it was probably a year ago, and uh, was it you or me with that the girl that, uh, she was pregnant? Remember that girl at, at Saltgrass? She was pregnant. And um, was it you? Anyway, one of us went over and, so anyway, we ended up praying for this girl, and um, there was something up with the pregnancy. So it was like, the, the right words at the right time. That's what, that's where God wants to get us to. But there's some things he's got to do in us first. I'm going to, uh, I, I want, we, it's 820. I, I know I'm supposed to lay hands on people tonight. Um, and, This is simply this. An impartation of anointing to produce more fire in your life, more Holy Spirit. When you have a fire that's going and you throw some diesel oil on there, it's going to burn brighter. It's going to burn longer. It's going to burn hotter. That's right. And that's what this is tonight. 